Hello, good morning everybody. Now, big question. How many of you have been tempted to try Zoe out or been tempted to put a continuous glucose monitor injected into the back of your arm because you think monitoring your blood glucose spike after meals is going to give you some magical indication of what's good or bad for you, thus your health will magically improve, right? How many of you have been tempted? And I'm not judging, I'm just wondering because this is a big thing now. This new biohacking, as they call it, and all this nonsense coming out, the more technology we have, the more we think we need to utilize the technology, and then the technology means better. That's not the case, right? So for people without diabetes, there's no need for you to use a continuous glucose monitor to track your blood sp your glucose spike after a meal, okay? And I'm going to go into a study that shows the big problems with these devices, okay, that monitor blood glucose in real time. The past few years, there's been a massive spike, and Zoe, one of the main ones, right? It sounds right, it sounds scientific, it sounds like it'll solve your problems, but for people who are diabetic, 100% need it, obviously. For you that are not diabetic, what's making you think that this thing is going to cause any insights going to change anything for you, okay? So the assumption is your blood glucose, should, your blood sugar reacts to the same foods in a predictable, predictable way. So if I had oats for breakfast today, and I had oats for breakfast tomorrow, I should have the same response. Now, Dr. P spoke about this, we spoke with his length. It's not true. You don't. So to take a food and take the blood glucose response and say this food's good or bad based on one, one kind of reading, but even then the reading isn't seen and saying anything, right? So how does that, all this work? New study suggests that blood glucose monitors are not accurate and they aren't really predicted, predicting any sort of health indications for you, right? So a research team at the US National Institute of Health conducted two continuous gl glucose monitor experiments under completely controlled conditions. A total of 30 participants without diabetes lived in the NIH's research hospital for several weeks at a time. They were served three meals a day and every morsel of food they consumed was measured to the nearest tenth of a gram. This is a very high quality study. I don't think it could be more high quality than this. In the first experiment, participants wore two different continuous glucose monitors at the same time. Right, the Abbott Freestyle Libra Pro and a Dexcom G4 Platinum. Those results were published in 2020. In the second, they used only the Dexcom CGM, okay? In both experiments, participants received the exact same meals seven days apart with their glucose levels monitored for two hours following each meal. The new study combines data from both experiments. What did the study find? We start with the most baffling result. Individual responses to identical meals showed weak to moderate correlations. Put it another way, your blood sugar rise following breakfast on Monday would only kind of sort of resemble your response on the previous Monday, even if the two breakfasts were exactly the same. If you simply looked at the rise and fall in glucose, you'd think participants had eaten two completely different meals rather than the same meal on two separate days. Are there any explanations for this? First of all, it wasn't because of specific dietary choices. Participants in the study were served meals from three very different dietary patterns. For example, one group of participants ate a low-fat, minimally processed plant-based diet. Two other groups had more balanced macronutrients but extremely different amounts of unprocessed and ultra-processed foods. Regardless of their dietary pattern, low-fat, unprocessed or ultra-processed, participants had different glucose response to the same meals. Second, it wasn't because of a specific continuous 
uh, glucose monitor. Both of the devices showed a wide range of post-meal glucose levels following duplicate meals. Okay. So this applies to people without diabetes, of course. So please, if you've got diabetes, you can just ignore what I'm saying here now because you've, obviously, there's a, they, they were designed for people with diabetes, right? Put it that way. Um, so does it matter for people without diabetes? Is this tool going to be effective or are you going to waste your money? You're going to waste your money. You're going to waste your money. Continuous glucose monitors are not perfect, right? They're not perfect at all, right? They're so far off, right? So research has shown the blood sugar response to specific carbohydrate food can vary from 17 to 31%. Due to factors like sleep status, physical activity, alcohol consumption, and previous day's meals. Even so, that doesn't mean those devices are useless for people without diabetes, okay? So they can show some kind of future problem, potentially some kind of trend, right? But there's a big limitations to the continuous glucose monitors. And I think you don't want to be fooled into thinking they're going to give you your magic list of foods that are the best for you right? If you ate just a sugar food, so say now you just had cane sugar, obviously you spike your blood glucose more. If you had a meal that was a mix of protein, carbs and fat, it would blunt the spike, you know? Like if you're going to eat a meal, try and eat the meal with a mix of the macronutrients. You don't need to worry about these things. Remember the law of the vital few, Pareto's principle. This comes into the 80% of the effort that brings back 20% of the results, right? It doesn't do much for you to, to micro look into this type of stuff, right? And I know it sounds right, but why are you wasting your time? There's only a finite amount of energy you've got a day. We know this, right? We've got cognitive load. There's only so much many things we can take on every day. Now, is this something you can look at and you should, should I take this on and maybe think about it day to day? Absolutely not. Bin it, throw it away. What should I focus on? Well, am I moving enough? What's my energy intake like? What's my energy out, output like? You know what I mean? That's pretty much it. Like, am I, um, have, I, have I walked 2,000 steps today? I probably need to up out tonight. What's my energy intake like overall? First and foremost, forget about protein, carbs, and fat for a second. Like, you know, how much total calories am I eating each day? Okay, well, I'm eating 2,000 calories a day. Right, am I eating enough protein? Most people say no. And then you go, right, let me put my protein up. And we're there. Guys, we're there. Calories, protein, steps. Job done. Let's remind ourselves of this. Stop overwhelming yourself. You know, stop reading shit online and going after that stuff. There's going to be loads of this stuff coming out. Loads and loads and loads and loads of this, this stuff coming out. There's always money to be made on health tracking. And I'm talking the physical trackers, the watches, the aura rings, the whoops. All of these things with all of these statistics, all of these data points, right? But for most people, it just doesn't matter. It might be fascinating for you, but you make the measure the thing causes problems. The measure causes chaos. In some instances, we have to measure our energy intake, of course, so we're in a ballpark. We try to measure all of these types of things we're trying to do. And a turtle, we're trying to limit what we need to look at. We're looking at what's the main things we need to look at, cut out the rest. So hopefully this was insightful to you, because I know for a fact you're going to see so many adverts for these things. There's another company called um, Loom, or no, wait, Lupin or something. Lumin, Lumin, stupid Lumin that says if you breathe into it, it can tell you your metabolic rate, right? And that you could, it tells you if you're burning fat or whatever, and it, then you can use it to burn more fat, all this shit, right? On paper, your body does go through periods of burning more fat and then burning, uh, using carbohydrate, right? We know this. But does that, the end result is, are you, are you eating more calories or not? If you're eating in a surplus, it doesn't matter. 
if whatever the ratio is, you're going to be gaining surplus, gain of energy, gain fat. If you're in a deficit, you know, you're going to be in a deficit, you're going to lose fat. You know? I don't know. Maybe you don't need to listen to this podcast. Don't listen to me. I don't know. Up to you. Just think. I, I, like, just think about your information diet. That's kind of the top of it today. And I, I, we've spoken about these continuous glucose monitors. And I know some, like, you could say, well, Scott... You, you claim to want to help people and then, you know, Zoe claims to want to help people. So why should we listen to you when we listen to a disease expert, Tim, Tim Spector? Well, you know, these points come out. Like I remember someone who I used to live with, it was a debate to me over Instagram, I was doing a DM shock about like why Tim Spector's got all these credentials, why not listen to him, right? And this is the thing, if you follow Dr. Ids, for example, the amount of times he has said that these people, even dietitians, there's people out there with big titles, who are misleading people because they've got a niche. You've got to remember the marketing advice to most people is to find your niche. Find your thing and stick to it. You, are, you should be known for the, for the, to be the X person, right? That's the advice they're given on these courses and all that. So these people like become known as the gut health expert, become known as the carbohydrate insulin model of obesity expert, become, become known as the anti-chemicals in food expert, become known as the paleo expert you know what i mean there's all of these niches that people bog down to but then they're limited in those in those bogs because they can't see beyond now you could technically say well you guys are preaching macros and in a sense there's on surface might have a valid point because like oh well you're on about macros there on myself but all foods contain macros you know what i mean we're covering what all foods contain we're covering the calories macros becoming what what that means so no matter if you're on paleo, keto, intermittent fasting, all of these diets that people are doing, they're all a breakdown of protein, carbs, and fat. Or you're like, you're on keto and you lose weight. Why? Well, there's nothing magical happening, really. You might go into ketosis, but you're in a deficit at the end of the day. You know, if intermittent fasting is amazing, it's magical for me. No, it's not magical. You're just eating, you've got less hours in the day to eat, so you probably eat less calories, and thus you might lose weight. Yeah, but I cut out carbs, Scott, and I lost weight. Yeah, you cut out an energy source. You cut out one of the main energy sources, which meant you were in a deficit, then you needed to find that energy from your fat stores and you lost weight. Do you know what I mean? There's all, it always comes back to energy balance and the ratio of your macronutrients. You know, if your protein's too low, we can say, well, your deficit's going to result in muscle loss as well. You know, they, they, that's, that's it. That really is it. Um, so I want you to focus back on the basics today. Cut the shit out. There'll be more and more studies coming out showing this and this and this. There's going to be more and more shit out there for you to listen to as well. And at Turtle, we promise forever and ever, we will follow the evidence-based research. We will follow the top-end research. We will speak to experts. We will make, we'll bring it in practically. You know, some stuff, there's research out there that shows, you know, uh, in high-performance athletes, certain amounts of like X, Y, Z thing will work for optimal performance. But do we need to be doing that when we're kind of like lifestyle people? Do you know what I mean? We're trying to just enjoy a good life, good energy levels throughout the day, maintain a balanced body weight, maintain a balanced lifestyle, enjoy life, you know, do we need to worry about the 1% at the top? Because if you want to worry about the 1% at the top, probably not in the right place for that. There's other people that are, their sole focus is at the top 1% of performance, right? The David Goggins and all these types of people, but we're not doing that. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to be, we're trying to do the lifestyle side of things. You can go and do that things if you want, but you need the lifestyle base. Anyway, that's it for today. Forget the glu- continuous glucose monitors if you don't have diabetes. Save a lot of money, save a lot of effort, focus on the basics, and trust me, your time will be saved and your energy will be deployed 
to more important things like learning about Welsh history. So have a good day, everyone. Speak soon.